1: This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now.
0: Happy Wednesday. Yes, we are over the hump. I'm (laughs) Albie Oxenrider. Welcome to Halftime Adjustments. Chris Carter is on the other end from DKPittsburghSports.com. Hi, Chris.
1: What's up, Albie? How you doing?
0: Well, I'm doing great, all things considered. But, you know, before we started today, we were complaining a bit about the weather and uh, (laughs) the man that always pulls things together, Dean and Pietro. Uh, literally and figuratively uh, grabbed us and said, how about a little perspective? Do you know where you live? We live in the (laughs) North. It's supposed to be cold. uh, But the only thing that keeping us going in these cold days of early February, it's the Super Bowl. And we can talk some football uh, because that keeps us feeling very warm straight through the month of February. Um, Let's start with the Steelers and where they are. Lots to talk about with what's happening with Ben Roethlisberger and the fact that he's made it clear he wants to be back and the Steelers would like him to have him back at some price. Uh, and the coaching changes. They, they still have some, uh, th- some vacancies that they have to fill, but Adrian Clem has been promoted to offensive line coach, so they promote from within. Um, and your thoughts on that and where the Steelers are right now as we head towards the uh, middle part of February.
1: Well, Albie, uh, everyone keeps saying promote from within as if this guy was like you know, Bruce Arians, who was with the team for like five years, or, or you know, Randy Feitner, who was with the team for like 14 years. Clem got here two years ago. He, he, was, he was a brand-new coach. He hadn't even had that much NFL experience. You know, he was an NFL lineman, and he's been coaching in college for, for a long time that's what that that's basically a new hire. You know, a, a question to ask yourself is would this have been frowned upon as much if he had just been coaching somewhere else, you know, as an assistant offensive line coach and then brought in from the, from the outside that way. You know, that's the thing here is that Clem his main job as an assistant offensive line coach was to work with the rookies and the new players to get them acquainted to the NFL and considering that he t- helped turn Kevin Dotson a fourth round draft pick into a guy that Steelers fans are pretty excited to see start next year. I think that that should give people a little bit of benefit of the doubt that this guy knows what he's doing. Um, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, they should have gone outside of the organization. They should have gotten a veteran coach who's been around for a long time. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. But, We've also heard the complaint that Mike Tomlin gets too many veteran coaches and, and that he needs younger coaches that are, that are going to be young and innovative and, and start new things. Maybe that's what Clem's got going here. But we've, we've already seen some, you know, one Steeler, Zach Banner, come out and say that we like to hire a, as, as an offensive lineman. We've seen former Steelers like Trey Essex and Ramon Foster stick up for him and defend him and say that, hey, this guy is innovative. This guy does have great ideas, and he's one of those guys that he goes through all the film and gets you to find and work on things, and he pushes you to your limit. You know, there's no way to tell right now how good Adrian Clem is. There's just not. But So for people to say that he's definitely going to be great or he's definitely going to stick, I think you're, 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 you're telling a fib. The whole bottom line here is, Alby, is they made a conscious decision on who to get. This is who it is. Let's take time. We're, gonna, we're not going to know until next year to see how even the offensive line looks because the bottom line, Albie, is if they don't get him some two, at least two new pieces, I think, on the offensive line, there's not, there might be some struggles with whatever he does as a coach.
0: Do you, let's talk a little bit about I mean, what you said about the players, I think is important. The, 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 there was unanimous, almost for, for what I could tell you, unanimous support from the players that this was, uh, a, this was a favorable hire. This is somebody they'd like to see. Do you think the criticism that he got, particularly on social media? And I mean, I know in social media you're dealing with uh, in, in a lot of cases, you're dealing with fans who are thinking emotionally. They're not thinking, um, and, you know, the fact that he doesn't have that experience. Do you think that's, that's overrated a little bit that you know if you see something that you like in a guy especially if there's uh, something he can provide to the players in terms of instruction and also beyond that maybe some chemistry with the players you think maybe that's more important than the fact that he hasn't had the job before at the NFL level
1: yeah i mean chemistry is a huge part of it and understanding a room you know one thing that people got to understand is as a coach it's not always just about Xs and Os it's about understanding how to work with players and how to get them to play together. You know, Chuck Noel wasn't the the biggest X's and O's genius. He was just great at making all, getting all these superstars to play together and, you know, work together and develop together. A lot of times, I mean, we've, we've seen it with the Cowboys over the years. We've seen teams, you know, the Jaguars where a lot of big name profiles get together and then they start to blow up and then they're like, ah, I'm getting out of here. And then, and then the team's completely irrelevant, you know, a year after that. Uh, But this is going to be a guy where maybe the, maybe the chemistry is there. I, I do think that's a huge part of it. And again, you need guys that are going to develop into things. you know, a lot of people want to say, well, wh- why can't they just find another Mike Munchak Mike Munchaks don't grow on tree uh, trees. Albie. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of find a misnomer that becomes a problem because then they start expecting every offensive line coach to have a hall of fame pedigree and all this years of experience in the nfl and a former head coach sometimes it doesn't work like that they're going with a new look here let's see what this guy is and who knows if adrian clem really performs well for the steelers as a position coach and you know and he develops a really strong offensive line maybe he gets hired to a coordinator position or, or brought up a ladder by another team in a few years and then the steelers can potentially get you know get a comp take out of that based off the new rooney rules
0: Real quickly, uh, where do you see the Steelers right now? As I said, there's still some vacancies. Uh, They need to figure things out uh, before they head into all that they have coming up in this offseason with free agency and with the draft and everything else. Um, So so where do you see them right now coming off the season and where they are right now this much into the offseason?
1: Well, as Art Rooney said last week, uh, Alby, you know they need to have a ground game, and, and they thought they were going to have one years ago until until Le'Veon Bell left, and then they haven't really spent any serious investments to get get it going. Then, but now they have the defense that they want, you know, for the most part. Now they have you know receivers that Ben can count on for now, and that whoever comes in as a new quarterback later can can count on. Now they need to get back to investing into the offensive line and investing into the running back position. And I'm not talking about third and fourth round picks of running back. I'm talking about a first or a second round pick. And I know some people are like, oh, you can't draft a running back early. Guess what? There's some guys up front that up top that look really good at, 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 at running back. I'm not saying definitely draft them blindly and not, you know, keep an eye on other positions, but it needs to be a priority. If the Steelers can get back to running the football this next year, and even just be, be rank in the middle of the league, it would boost the offense by so much and balance a unit that needs to find balance and not have to throw 50 times a game.
0: Um, and again, very quickly, uh, what are you thinking about what they might be doing? Uh, with re-signing players, any early indication what might happen there? We have to be quick because Dean's giving us the wrap.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm saying Zach Banner's going to be an easy signing, maybe Cameron Sutton. This, their, their salary cap situation is going to get better when they start making extensions and, and moving some money around. I do think they'll be able to make that work.
0: All right. Thank you, Chris. Back with more uh, about the NFL, particularly the big game coming up on Sunday. Yeah, it's here. Believe it or not, lot to talk about with that Super Bowl matchup and we'll talk about it right after this on halftime adjustments. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week you're here us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports,
1: media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is and not as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
1: want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
0: many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal.
1: deal. Listen to The Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. Why are we, why are we laughing? So we're having too much fun. Too much fun. It's Chris Carter on the other end and Albie Oxenrider on this end. And, yes, yeah, Super Bowl 55, 5-5, if you're counting with numbers. I, You know, I thought they were going to get away from the Roman numerals. Eventually, right? 50. That's what I thought, but apparently not. Um, so here it is. The Kansas City Chiefs, in all that they do great, uh, up against the Tampa Bay Bucks, who appear to be an overachieving team. <laughs> you know, motivated by the ageless wonder, 43-year-old Tom Brady. Um, what are your initial thoughts of the game? And let me give you mine. I think Kansas City's the better team. They're the favorite. They should win the game, you would think. They can do it on the ground. They can do it on special teams. They can do it with Patrick Mahomes and, you know, everything he does. But there's just a funny feeling I have, and maybe that's a feeling that the rest of the country has, that don't ever count out Tom Brady. Do you agree with
1: that, Chris? No, I do agree. There's a, there's that sense of not counting out Tom Brady, but also don't count out the rest of the Buccaneers roster. A, a lot of times when we talk about that team, we tend to just talk about, oh, it's Tom Brady and he's got some star receivers. But They've got some really good players on defense. Their defensive front is dangerous. Shaquille Barrett is right up there in T.J. Watt and sacks. Um, he actually has more t- uh, sacks than T.J. Watt when you add in the playoffs over the last two years. Um, and he gets off the edge really well. They've got Jason Pierre-Paul, who's re- revitalized his career and is just dominating on the edge. Um, they've got Dominican Sue in the middle. Those guys bringing heat are going to could, could be a game-changer here because don't forget, the Chiefs' offensive line is beat up they lost their first, their, their first overall pick from several years ago. Eric Fisher, he's a key part of that offensive line. He tore his Achilles in the, in the AFC Championship game. That could be a huge matchup issue. For the Chiefs now, Patrick Mahomes has negated a lot of different things in his in his short career already. We've seen him get past teams, you know, with you know that that have brought the pass rush and made it not matter because he just gets away, get gets away so easily. Reads the pocket while reading the field and then throwing fifty yard bombs to the fastest wide receiver in football, Tyreek Hill, and the best tight end in football, Travis Kelsey. He does all those things, but. This is a Buccaneers defense that shouldn't be underestimated. Ross Cockrell has really stepped up in the cornerback position. Carl Davis has really stepped up there. Pitt graduate Jordan Whitehead has been playing great at the safety position. If Antoine Winfield can get back for this game, they are a dangerous pair. And of course, everyone wants to talk about Devin White, the inside linebacker who's really stepped up the fifth overall pick from just two years ago. He's become a monster in the middle of the field and now playing against to Le- next to Levante David. This is a really talented Buccaneers defense on top of that offense. I do agree that they've overachieved a bit here, Albie, but I would not sleep on this team at all in this matchup. I really think that they're going to have, they can, create some serious matchup problems for the chiefs but as you and i both know patrick mahomes makes up for a lot of problems
0: yeah and and this is a guy that does whatever he has to do he throws it sidearm he he throws it underhand he gets the job done and and he's a tough player he's a smart player for how young he is and uh and as you mentioned he has a lot of weapons around him um i have to think though uh, and, and you talk about the Bucs, and yeah, I, I think maybe the Bucks are underrated. Um, I think Kansas City, all things being equal, they, they certainly are the better team. But Tampa Bay is getting hot at the right time. I mean, look who they beat on the road in the playoffs. They beat the Saints and they beat the Packers. And you talk about that, uh, that rush that they have. They, they were able to get to Aaron Rodgers when it counted some big defensive plays at exactly the right time. Um, I have to believe um, that you can throw everything out when, when this game is played. And, and then you have the Brady factor. Clearly, whatever you think of Tom Brady, and, and I don't know how anybody can look at Tom Brady and not think that this guy, uh, just because of what he's done, his 10th Super Bowl, come on. Um, it's, it's, it's just remarkable. Um, but even if you're not a big Tom Brady fan, and there are a lot of people out there, let's face it, there's a lot of people that just like to bring him down however they can. This guy motivates those around him and makes them believe that they can do things. I will not count out the Buccaneers in this Super Bowl.
1: I'm right with you. And like I said, even beyond all the great things they do on defense, um, like you said, Tom Brady's in this game. And he. I, and I don't say that as, as like a lot of people do and say, oh, he's the GOAT, he's this, he's that. No, no. This guy processes the field still very well he knows when he knows what your weaknesses are he will try to pick at them throughout the game and yes he does not have the same arm talent he used to he's not the same quarterback he was in the late 2000s the early 2010s when he was probably at his best um, and he and that that does weigh on him sometimes we saw that with three interceptions against the packers in the NFC championship game but all that being considered this is he's still a guy that can that can rip your heart out if you're not being disciplined enough so that's something that you absolutely have to consider
0: so what do you expect? I mean, what, you know, uh, are they going to score a lot of points? A lot of people, <laughs> Crystal Ball Carter. What do you, ex- how do you see this game playing out based on everything we just talked about for the last four minutes?
1: I really see the Chiefs being able to, to manage, when, uh, <laughs> to manage when, uh, when the Buccaneers start to get out in front. I do think that the Buccaneers will get a lead in this game. Um, but this the Chiefs have a defense of their own. Uh Tyron Matthews has been a, a, an exceptional safety. Juan Thornhill has also been a great safety when it comes when it comes to these games. And uh I think that this is a defense that they can get after Tom Brady too. And we've also and now that's something we've seen, even in Tom Brady's prime when he was at his best, he has not done well when he's been hit and when he's been put pressure on. You're gonna have Chris Jones, D. Ford, all these guys coming off the ball against Tom Brady. I can see those guys <laughs> and creating turnovers on their own. And then, eventually, Patrick Mahomes will get on get on it by, the, I'd say, like the early second quarter. And then that's when you see the fireworks start between these teams. But I have the Chiefs winning in a close one, let's say 35-30. All right.
0: 35-30 is the prediction. I'm going to pick the Buccaneers. I I don't know. Just what, what the heck. Uh, it is Sunday in Tampa, the home team, if that's possible, um, coming up. And uh, we're going to be talking about pit football when we return on halftime adjustments, where they are, and some positive things happening there when we come back. Welcome back to halftime adjustments. We're going to stick with football because we're going to talk about the pit panthers. Chris, again, lots going on and a lot to be positive about with National Signing Day and with with the good the good showing at the Senior Bowl and some some uh, a handful of players for Pitt uh, going to be uh, you know in, in the draft. Uh, the, the season was what it was. I mean, let's face it; there was a lot of disappointment, and and I know that some people will say the same old thing happened, and just when you thought they were going to take a step up it just kind of turned into a flat season, but there is some optimism based on what they have coming up. And, and also the, the prestige of the program with the players that will be drafted.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd say right now, uh, Albie, this has been a very interesting start to the offseason for Pitt. On one end, you got the Senior Bowl being a really high point of success. They had uh, several players there, including Demar Hamlin, uh, uh, Pat, uh, Patrick Jones, Rashad Weaver, and then the late-entry Jimmy Morrissey. The four of them played very well in it. So Pitt looks like they might have six guys get drafted this year, including Paris Ford and Jalen Twyman. And then on the recruiting end, Pitt, and uh, today was National Signing Day, uh, Pitt had a lot of big names brought to brought in with his class. Uh, ESPN ranked Pitt's uh, Pitt's recruiting class for this year as fourth in the ACC in the top 25 in the country. I mean, you could argue that this may be, and of course, you know, time will tell. But this may be on the onset of being Pat Narduzzi's best recruiting year. He got uh, Aaron Donald's nephew, Elliot Donald from Central Catholic to stay in Pittsburgh. He got Naquan Brown, a guy who was committed to LSU, come leave, decommit from LSU and come in a Virginia candidate or a Virginia prospect that came in. He's another four-star guy. And then you got guys like Naki Johnson who's another local candidate. And then they still, they had several big wins in Virginia like Malik, Malik Newton at running back, who's a, who's a speedster. I really think it's very interesting to see where this program continues to go, because to me, Pat Narduzzi has a system that he sticks to. And at times it's a fault because you see teams burn his, his cornerbacks who, you know, who are left on islands and you see fans complain about that and understand, understandably so, but he continues to get really impressive players that, contribute to it, and if he can just put together the scheme where he maybe one year he gets the great pass rush with some top-line cornerbacks, then you can finally see the complete defense that he's looking to build, and, um, and And it's clear that Pitt is willing to stick with it to see where he's going, and I, I have to give Pat Darduzzi credit. After that four-game losing streak in, in October when when Pitt was just you know, abysmal and it was looking all rough, they got blown out at home by Notre Dame. They really picked it up. They found answers even after Paris Ford opted out in the middle of the season and, uh, and they, they found they found ways to win and finish the season with a three and one uh, you know in their last four games uh, that's all those are all really good things pointing for this program and it's clear that it's resonating with with the, some of the prospects they're bringing in.
0: where do they have to go on the field before they can take the momentum that you just talked about and what has appeared to happen in this offseason and, and actually uh, see that manifest itself in a, in the season, uh, you know, specifically record, but, but even more than that, is there something beyond their record that they have to prove that they can do on the field that they haven't done under Pat Narduzzi?
1: Funny enough, the, I think it's not necessarily just under Pat Narduzzi overall, but it's about right now. They have to be able to run the ball again. And it's funny enough, it's compared to what we're talking about with the Steelers and they're not being able to run the ball, but Kenny Pickett is coming back for his, for his fifth year. He knows the offense, he's a warrior. He's not a Supreme quarterback that's gonna be a top 10 pick or anything. But he is a guy who's a very good college quarterback. He knows your system. He'll give you his best every single game. He'll he'll throw under pressure. He'll deal with with tough situations. You like that. But you got to give him a balanced attack here because last year the Pitt, Pitt didn't have a running game outside of its first and last games of the season. And when you when you didn't see the running game kicking in in those games, you were asking way too much of Kenny Pickett to carry the team. Um, and that became a problem in several of their their one get their one point. They had two one point losses back to back in the middle of. The season they win either of those and this season looks so much different i mean if they win both of those their only three losses would have been to notre dame miami and clemson and no one would have been mad at that at the end of the season so to me developing that balance on offense is going to be huge because they need that running game to return they got marcus minor the the transfer out of maryland to join their offensive line maybe he helps with that they had some guys really step up throughout the later part of the year On, on defense it's going to be interesting can they maintain what they've done in the defensive front without Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver, two All-American defensive ends. Um, they have athletic linebackers, and they brought in uh, Ryan Ma- 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 Manalek uh, to, to boost that linebacker group as a coach. Um, but can they get the guys in the secondary to, to step up? There's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see how quickly can replenish the defense while getting the running game going those are the two biggest challenges if they do those I think they'll be in plenty of a plenty of positions of this year to make those statements and say hey we've come a, we've come a ways as a program
0: out of everything you just said and you said a lot of great stuff there but but the, the fact that the quarterback is coming back and and yeah. hey you can talk all you want I I, I realized that you you know, some people might want more out of a quarterback, and maybe he's not the superstar that some people would like to see. When you have a quarterback in place, especially a fifth-year quarterback, I think everything trickles down from there. And I think the leadership and the stability that 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 he gives them coming back is going to be big. We'll wait. We'll wait to see. All right, thanks, Chris. Back with our final moments here in halftime adjustment. See how time flies when you're having fun. Back after this on WPXI now. welcome back with our final minute, literally here on halftime adjustments. Chris, what do you got working on it at the DKPittsburghSports.com?
1: Well, this part of the year, I'll be, I'm working on the NFL draft, getting you guys insight on who the Steelers should be looking at. We got plenty of time to do that, but I'm also covering pit basketball. Pit basketball has got a huge game tonight against, against ranked Virginia tech. If they can turn it around, maybe they, they, they save their season, but it's been looking real rough on this three game losing streak. But Hey, Jeff Capel's been pushing for his players to accept some of the biggest challenges of the season. Maybe this is their first step in showing that they as a program are coming up.